artificial intelligence. It's the golden child of the tech industry right now. Some say it's the most disruptive force since the advent of the internet itself. And it's something we personally embrace here at OGOFOT. But how useful is it in terms of cybersecurity and uh, specifically for OT environments? We have two guests this episode, uh, Murdoch and Hannibal. And as always, these are not their real names. First, um, Hannibal is going to explain how artificial intelligence can be used to help detect threats. Next, uh, Howlin' Mad Murdoch is going to give us a look at how AI is already being used to develop new and more effective hacks against industrial control systems. Hey, I don't write this shit. I just read it. You trick me, sucker. Everyone worries about new malware and new exploits that some zero-day supervirus will take over our systems. Um, we fret about how to detect nation-state cyber attacks. But maybe, just maybe, the, the cybersecurity profession has evolved from the old cat and mouse game where the bad guys develop new malware and the good guys find new and better ways to protect against it. Uh, maybe we're in a new race between benevolent and uh, malicious artificial intellects. Um, or maybe we should be focusing on improving the current state of biological intelligence instead. to the OG of OT, where we open up closets and expose the skeletons within them, bringing you a new perspective about the industrial systems that keep the world running and the threats that face them. Welcome to episode number two of the OG of OT, uh, where we're going to jump onto the AI bandwagon. We're calling this one the robot rat race. Okay, so machine learning has been around for a while. And it's always been a useful way to programmatically solve big computational problems. In the security world, machine learning has been used to bolster heuristic threat detection, helping to point out things that might be malicious based on patterns found in massive amounts of attack data accumulated over the years. Then in November 2022, OpenAI released the first chatbot built using AI, large language models or LMMs to be specific. It's been barely more than a year, and it seems like AI is everywhere now. And it seems to be advancing at ludicrous speeds. The question we're going to try to answer here is, is this good or bad for OT cybersecurity? There are a lot of ways that AI is going to immediately improve cybersecurity. Let me introduce Hannibal, who works for an OT cybersecurity vendor that is leaning heavy into AI. As always, we've changed Hannibal's name to protect him from you listeners, because we know that some of you are at least as crazy as us and probably dangerous. Um, but Hannibal is a vendor, so we're not going to pull any punches. So Hannibal, explain to me how any cutting edge new software is going to help protect systems that are old, inherently vulnerable to misuse, understaffed, and usually misunderstood. Great question. And the answer is, that's exactly why you need AI. These systems are really old and vulnerable. And most plants and factories are understaffed, dealing with everything that's so old and vulnerable. A ton of security logs and alerts are generated every day. And with older systems, there's also tons of known vulnerabilities and tons of exploits. Where no one has the time to sift through all that. It just makes sense to use AI. Um, but I'm not talking about software vulnerabilities. I'm talking about being vulnerable to misuse. Um, as in changing process logic or manipulating inputs to get the system to do things for you. Um, it's a lot different than exploiting software vulnerabilities. Okay, right. I'll get to that. But let's talk about software vulnerabilities first, because like you said, they are real. 
and it's an obvious way to leverage machine learning. The system knows what's vulnerable, and it can detect threats. If it can figure out what threats are able to exploit the vulnerabilities that are present, those threats can be prioritized. Okay, for our listeners, if you think this sounds good, and I'm not saying it doesn't, this might scratch your particular itch. If it sounds good to you, Google things like automated response, XDR, EDR, NDR, and probably a lot of other DRs. I don't want to spend too much time talking about that here because it doesn't address the real problems that OT faces. Like detection is a poor strategy for critical infrastructure because it means the attack has already happened. And we really need to address the understaffed and misunderstood parts. Well, first off, fast detection and enabling fast response can help address the problem. Because if it's fast enough, you might be able to break the kill chain before the explosion happens, right? True, I suppose, if you have the staff to respond. It takes on some of the upfront work, but creates more work on the back end. But a real problem is that AI makes things faster for the bad guys, too. If you think about manual hacks being the slowest, then moving to scripted attacks, then to automated attacks, then to orchestrated attacks. Everything gets faster and faster. And when you move from orchestrated attacks to full AI, it's going to be a freaking digital blitzkrieg. God, you make that sound scary. But there are predictive models also to help indicate when something might happen so you can get ahead of it. But if we want to run predictive models, we can't rely on publicly disclosed information because there isn't enough of it. And most of what is available has all been sanitized by corporate lawyers. Um, figuring out where to scrape relevant data sets from is thesis level material, if you ask me. Exactly. But either way, AI doesn't replace the need for staff. That's probably the biggest mistake I hear business make when talking about AI. It can make your existing staff more efficient, but you still need people behind it. Let's deep dive here for a second because I've heard this a lot too. Listen to this guy who will definitely remain anonymous. He told me with a straight face, mind you, that his company has, well, I'll let him say it. We've just recently set up a think tank too, and I quote, innovate new ways to leverage AI for cost efficiencies. Yeah, I got put on this think tank committee and they don't even pretend to hide it. They're trying to justify layoffs. I'm not even going to give him a fake name because that shit is nuts. You're crazy. Just like Murdoch. I wish I could say I'm surprised. It's one of the threats of AI, honestly. Um, I can't replace people, at least not yet. It can make people work better, faster, and smarter because it's good at making decisions from huge data sets. But there is an error rate, if we're going to be honest. So if your business can tolerate that error rate, sure, replace people. But if errors have consequences like in cyber, it's more about making tools to let the specialists do their work faster and better. Imagine a surgeon. Oh, in addition to the precision work and real-time decision-making involved in a surgery, there's also a lot of repetitive and simpler parts of a procedure. So we have robotically assisted procedures, but the surgeon is still there with his or her hands off the control. You don't just go get a coffee while a machine cuts someone up and then come back and hope it worked. Great analogy. I might steal that. Thanks. That's why we use AI to make cybersecurity tools better so that we can make the people better. So I think I address the understaffed part. What was the other thing? A misunderstanding. Right. And I'm not aware of any vendor doing this at the moment, but AI is fantastic at helping with understanding. If you've used chat, GPT, or any other generative AI, you know that you can ask it to answer questions in different ways, in different styles. I think I know where you're going with this. You've got tools built mostly by people who understand threats, but don't understand OT. And you've got OT people who understand process control, but don't understand cybersecurity. Or at least they don't have the same understanding. 
tell the AI to explain what's going on in a way that the user will understand it. Describe what a CVE means, or maybe a MITRE attack technique ID, in the context of industrial control, in a way that a control system engineer will understand. We're in the style of a Broadway musical. Exactly. That's what LMMs are good at, translating data. Okay, but we glossed past something that I want to address. Um, you jump straight past being vulnerable to misuse. And you talked about software vulnerabilities. Those are two very different things. And I think a lot of people make that same quick mental leap. So what do you mean by vulnerable to misuse? Some might say vulnerable by design. The, the, the concept of the target system, which in our case is an industrial control system or SCADA system of some sort, is designed to do what it's told. You don't have to exploit some software vulnerability to inject new malicious code in order to mess with a process. If you have access to that system, you can just tell it to mess up and you can tell it how to mess up, and it will happily mess itself up. Uh, right, so artificial intelligence could help there too, and I think there are actually solutions on the market that can do this, or at least they claim they can do it. Again, AI is about looking at large data sets, so you train it with how the system is supposed to work. When it's not all messed up, the longer you train it, the more the model is gonna understand what good looks like, and therefore what bad looks like. So bad is anything that isn't known to be good. That's maybe a bit paranoid, but again, there's a person looking at this, so maybe there's a lot of false positives, but you'll catch instances where bad commands are being given. I was hoping you'd say that because what we have are tools that actually require more manpower to get value out of them. At the same time that some companies think AI is going to help them lay people off. Like I said, maybe stupid people misunderstanding what AI is for and using it the wrong way is the real threat. Unfortunately, no, that is not the real threat. It sounds like you have an idea of what the real threat might be. Oh boy, do I ever. After the break, Mad Murdoch is going to tell us what the bad guys are doing with AI. And my friends, I don't think it's what you're expecting. Okay, so we're looking for sponsors to help pay for all this nonsense. In the meantime, we're self-advertising here because as a new podcast, we really do need your support. What can you do to help? First, you can keep listening and subscribe. If enough of you just take the time to listen to this thing to the end, the algorithms will move us from the naughty list to the nice list. Second, you can help spread the word. Ironically, a lot of us OGs aren't allowed to use social media to any great extent. That means we really do need your help in telling others on the interwebs about OGOFON. Third, you can go to ogofot.com. That's O-G-O-F-O-T.com. And reach out with any stories that you have about industrial cybersecurity. We'll set up a signal conversation to get the juicy details. And all contributions are super confidential and completely anonymous. What are you waiting for? Click and subscribe now. So it's time to talk to our next guest, who we're calling Murdoch. If you knew Murdoch, you'd agree that he's a crazy SOB, but you don't. So get over it. Murdoch, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I always wanted to have my voice modulated. Very mysterious. Well, it's probably for the best because you're going to tell us about some of the bad things that artificial intelligence is being used for, right? Indeed I am. It's not hard to imagine, but I can tell you what I know for real is being done already. Murdoch wears a lot of hats and at least one of them is black. What you're going to hear is straight from the dark web. When we start talking about AI as a threat, first stop thinking about code. Yeah, there's code to make the AI work, but the AI stuff is just a tool to make the scams faster and more effective with less effort. 
sounds familiar. So are the big threat actors going to have layoffs and replace people with AI? No, they're just going to hit more targets and get bigger payouts per target. So where does the AI come in then? Everywhere. Attack campaigns have a process to them. They start with reconnaissance. AI helps there. You can spend months figuring out how to get into a network, identify targets, build payloads, figure out what data to steal, where it lives, etc. That stuff takes a massive amount of time. Or you can have the CFO call someone in finance and ask them to send you all the purchase orders and work orders for your integrator. That gives you a ton of information on what equipment there is and maybe even how it's installed. You can have the head of IT call some help desk lackey and tell him to change firewall rules right away for a test or something. Shit, you can have just about anyone call anyone to get them to do something or even just to create a state of urgency and confusion. And, you know, when you say have someone call, you're talking about deepfakes. Hell yeah, it's easy, and you can change your voice in real time. People overlook details when they're upset, so make a call about something upsetting and create some urgency, and they won't notice that it doesn't sound exactly like you. I mean, you do it all the time. And even though you tell people voices are fake all the fucking time, half the people listening still don't know or don't care or forget. That's true. We like to say that the stories on Ogopod are real, but nothing else is. And no offense, but you're using the cheap stuff. And not really trying to hide it either. Is it really good enough to, to use in an attack? Oh yeah, everything from personal scams to blended attacks. Give some examples. A personal scam is like when you get a call from a grandson or an ex or whoever. They're in trouble, you know, to create that sense of urgency, and they need money. It's them. It sounds just like them. And if it doesn't sound exactly like them, well, they're in a panic and on the phone, so it's good enough. Those scams make a ton of money. It's big business. And a uh, blended attack? Okay, imagine Russia launching a cyber attack against Ukraine. That's not too hard to imagine. So think about how you could layer different attacks to cause more damage. When they first took out the grid, before the war even started, they dosed the phone so it would be hard for people to communicate. It would be harder to respond. Now imagine that the phones are down. No one knows what's going on. You're at or near a state of panic. Then suddenly, your boss calls you on your private cell and starts barking orders at you. Okay, that's not hard to imagine either. All you need to do is get someone with access to do something they normally wouldn't do. Vulnerability to misuse. Um, we talked about that before the break. And yeah, this is what I was talking about. Right, and it could be to make more traditional cyber attacks easier, like getting someone's credentials or something. Or it could be to get someone in a plant to push that big red button for you. If they think it's the right thing to do, and if they think they're supposed to do it, they'll totally do it. What he means by big red button is that ability to basically do anything in a control system if you have any degree of access to that system. But because the systems are supposedly air gap, it's hard to get malware in place to manipulate that system. There's no such thing as an air gap, of course, but getting into OT via the network can still be tricky. I mean, it's, it's been done before plenty of times, but it takes a real effort. That typically means dropping a, a payload inside the air gap, somehow using it to exfiltrate information about the environment, development of a custom attack payload based on that information, installing that payload, and then finally executing it. That's a long kill chain. All that custom stuff is going to stand out. Your fancy AI detection products are going to flag all of that activity. So if anyone is listening, all your effort is wasted. Or you could just trick some overworked, underpaid dude in a hard hat into doing some, or all of that work for you. And then you don't have to do anything. How realistic is that, though? I've dabbled in AI, and 
it's easy to spot AI generated art or AI generated voices that much better. There's so much irony here, so much irony. Yeah, it is, and it's getting better every day. Plus, it's not just voice deepfakes. The creation of written, spoken, or even video messages is all possible with AI today. What if you missed a bunch of late night phone calls? Checked your email to find a storm of urgent and angry messages. You don't even have to be a native English speaker. Did you know that in Chinese there are often more than 30, 30, 30 different ways of saying one simple little word? I swear, guys, I didn't write this script, but hey, if you can't believe Max Headroom, who can you believe? And to muddle all the lame late 80s TV references into some sort of a point, um, for those who still aren't convinced, Murdoch isn't British. He's actually from a non-native English-speaking country. His voice has been recreated using artificial intelligence. This all ties back to the title of this episode, the, the robot rat race. Yeah, we still are in an arms race, but it's less about what code is allowed to do what and more about what's true and what's a lie. It's becoming dangerously difficult to tell the difference. Right, and tricking someone with some deep fakes is just one way to use AI as a quote bad guy. All that big data analysis, anomaly detection junk that it was talking about. There's bad news there too, I'm afraid. No real names here, dude. Um, we've been calling him Hannibal and you're Murdoch. It's the A-Team for Christ's sake. I can't believe that went over your head. First, I only kind of know what the A-Team is because I'm not American like you and I'm not old like you. Touche. Anyway, if you let me get back to the point, the AI itself can be attacked, poisoning the models to make these tools less effective. And this just released a paper about this. That's good because spamming, dosing, and poisoning security tools isn't new. And I'm not trying to say it's easy to do it to these new AI systems, but like all systems, if you can get access to it, it becomes trivial. So if you can access the data set before or during the initial training process, poisoned. If you can access the models during the learning process, poisoned. If you can manipulate the data once a system is running, poisoned, or at least biased. So you do something bad often enough that the model thinks it's good. Something like that. You can also just DOS the model, overrun the system so it can't make decisions at all. We used to do that with Sims back in the day. The best way to hide a needle is in a haystack. So we'd flood the network with bogus syslog messages. So Porsche Ed in the sock, he gets tired of seeing these alerts every other second. So he tunes out. Then we launch the attack. The system detects it. The system logs it. The alarm sound and red lights flash in the sock and Homer Simpson just clears it without even looking. So the moral of the story is like all things, there's a good side and a bad side, a yin and a yang, a dark side and a light. It's just another manifestation of the same cat and mouse game we've been playing for years. But this time it's based on large complex data sets that are uh, hard to understand as is without the adversary purposefully making it even harder. The answer, it's it's going to all come down to people. Flawed, flesh and blood assholes just like you and me. At least until the machines finally rise up against us. So maybe helping to improve our own biological intelligence is a good idea after all. The ideas and opinions presented here are not endorsed by or associated with the OGs of OT and are not affiliated in any way with their employers or any of their business partners. All stories are true to the best extent that they could be verified and are presented here for educational and entertainment purposes. All names of individuals and corporations have been altered to protect the privacy of all involved and to protect us all from lawsuits and other forms of retaliation. Do you think you recognize a particular mannerism in one of our contributors? Do you think it would be fun to dox them? Please don't, it will just spoil the fun. 
Do you have a story to share? Go to the OGFOT.com. All contributions are 100% confidential and our privacy policies would make the EFF proud. You've been listening to the OG of OT.